Welcome one, welcome all to this week's edition of Third and One from the Gun. I'm Mitchell Blair, and I'm here to talk some CFL with you. Let's recap what happened last week and look forward to the week to come as I'll try to give you some advice you need to make some money this weekend. I can assure you I won't screw up as bad as what Nathaniel Hackett did at the end of the NFL Monday Nighter. I might not end up with the right choice, but I'll at least give you an opportunity to cash in. So here goes. Week 15 of the season is here. In a nine-team league, we've got six teams playing, and three have the bye. Why does the league play only three games in some weeks when four should be played so that everyone except one team is in action? Wouldn't this get things done quicker? Doesn't the league realize that late November Grey Cups aren't exactly the most warm Grey Cups to be at? Or playing? It's one of the many questions I have when it comes to the off the field activities of the CFL. It makes no sense, but we're going to have this a couple of times before the season's over. You know what else makes no sense? My picks last week. To basically sum it up. Ooh, you suck. Yeah, I can't argue that, but when I recorded the show last week, I thought Vernon Adams Jr. would start for BC and Montreal and his revenge game. And I sure didn't know the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would come down with a stomach bug that ravaged their team, making some unable to play and others at less than 100%. It was so bad in Winnipeg for the Riders last weekend that team president Craig Reynolds had to do his best goggles Paisano imitation and raise some players to IG Field from Regina at the last second so they could play. I bet you that was a trip. As bad as the Riders looked, I can't imagine what their dressing room looked like after that debacle. I don't know who had to clean that room after, but I sure hope they got double pay. By the way, if you didn't get the Goggles Paisano reference, you should just Google it, and then you should watch some episodes of the Flintstones. The younger generation just has no idea what type of great actor Barney Rubble was. Yeah, I was 1-3 last week. That only win came from a Calgary team who covered against the Elks. Speaking of the Elks... They start things off this week as Chris Jones returns to Regina for a game against the Rough Riders. Being in Regina, I can certifiably say a majority of Rider Nation did not like Chris Jones when he was in charge of the green and white. His gruff all-business mentality did not sit well with the watermelon-on-their-head, pill-drinking crowd that eats, breathes, and sleeps Rider football. Despite the fact there was constant improvement under Jones, his style was something that many didn't tolerate with a lot of happiness when he bolted to the NFL. I'm sure that those who show up Friday night at Mosaic Stadium will make sure they let Jones know how much he's been missed. This will be the third and last meeting of the two teams this year. The first two were close games with Saskatchewan winning both 26-16 on June 18th and 34-23 on August 13th. In both games, Edmonton kept the game close, but Saskatchewan managed to record some double-digit victories. I see the same thing happening here. The Elks are bad, but Taylor Cornelius has shown some improvement, so much so he signed a contract extension with the team this week. Running back Kevin Brown made an impact against Calgary, and without Kenny Lawler in the lineup, Darrell Mitchell and Dylan Mitchell stepped up. They've had a lot of personnel changes, but they are improving, believe it or not. Add that to the fact all of Edmonton's wins this year have come on the road, and they're 5-2 and two against the spread away from Commonwealth Stadium. Saskatchewan's a 9.5-point favorite on some books, and I think that might be too big of a spread. 
I'd take Edmonton to cover in this one. If you don't want to take that risk, yeah, you can feel comfortable in taking the riders on the money line. There's a little more juice on the Elks to cover, so that's where I'm going here. If the line should drop to six and a half points, take Saskatchewan to cover. But unless the riders score a late touchdown to fatten their lead, I see Edmonton covering that nine and a half point spread. Look around to see what book's offering the best because of that variety when it comes to the point spread. We get a rematch of the last two Grey Cups as Winnipeg's in Hamilton on Saturday. This just in? Yeah, I don't like seeing the matchup for a third straight year. The Bombers are 12-1. and one, The Ticats are 3-9. and nine. Chances are this will be the last time these two teams meet this year. Winnipeg's just on another level. The only way Hamilton wins this game is if they catch the Bombers on an off day. With Nathan Rourke's season likely over, Bombers quarterback Zach Kalaros is the runaway favorite to win the MOP award for the second year in a row. Willie Jefferson's playing like Willie Jefferson, and the rest of that Bomber defense is once again showing to be a tough unit to get yards on and points on. That Bomber's defense is allowing less than 20 points a game. That trend should continue here. Winnipeg's a 7.5-point favorite. I like that number for the Bombers. They should be able to cover that against a Hamilton team that has been unexpectedly a tire fire right from day one. As I said, the only way Hamilton's going to keep this one close or win is if the Bombers stumble and bumble their way through this one. Yeah, that can happen, but I feel pretty safe in taking Winnipeg, and you should as well. The Bombers are the best team in the CFL. I don't think we can really argue that. The question now is who's the second best team in the CFL? If you're not answering BC, you've got to be saying Calgary, right? These two teams meet in Calgary as Vernon Adams Jr. will get his first start with the Lions, and it comes at quite the time. BC's trying to hang on to second place. Adams has the task of trying to keep the Lions ahead of Calgary in the fight for second spot. BC hasn't won since Nathan Rourke left the lineup due to injury. The Stampeders have been a different team under Jake Mayer as they've rolled up some victories and they've looked good doing so. This should be a very entertaining football game, and I think it could be an explosive contest with a lot of big plays. Calgary's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and I like that line. If this wasn't Adams' first start with the Lions, I might lean BC's way, but this is his first chance with that offense with the lights on. I just don't know how quickly that offense will gel with Adams under center. It's got to be better than it was with Antonio Pipkin under center, though. BC's defense is going to have to keep Calgary honest and hope BC can match them and then make the plays in the fourth quarter to beat them. I don't see that happening. Go with Calgary and take them to cover. So to review, I like Edmonton Friday night to cover with Saskatchewan on the money line. Go with Winnipeg and what should be an easy one against Hamilton. In fact, you probably might want to take the under on that one. And Calgary to outlast BC. If you want to tail or fade these picks, it's up to you. But look around the books that you subscribe to, find the best deal, and maximize your return of investment. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games, and thanks for listening to this edition of Third and One from the Gun. I'm Mitchell Blair.